there for, um, it's something for English. I just know that. I can't remember exactly what. And then David was able to go along. So I think they're having a wonderful weekend. I hope it's, it's really been great for them. So let's see what announcements we have today. Uh, Thanksgiving potluck is the third Sunday of November, and there's a sign-up in the hall. So if you want to look at that and maybe commit to what you could bring, that would be awesome. And this is this is not good. This morning, Les is driving Judy to ER in Tulsa. So she's she's really struggling. So we will be praying for her for sure. And Ray said the outside faucet near the tree is leaking, FYI, but they are calling mountains to get it fixed. So they are aware, and thank you, Ray, for letting us know that. Where's Ray? There he is right there. Okay. And then there's this wonderful question that Randy has put on here. It says, have you wondered how to walk by the Holy Spirit? I think we've all been been thinking about that. Okay, I think, is there anything else that I need to announce? Okay, let's go ahead and pray and then get started. Lord, thank you so much for this day. The coolness and the air in the morning is just beautiful, and we thank you for it. Um, There are many gone today for various reasons, and we uh, just pray that they might be able to join us um, via the Internet, but that you would be with them no matter what. But we especially pray for Judy right now, and she is in so much constant pain, and uh, it's just been... so difficult for her, but also for Les, and um, Lord, I know you're, you're right there with them, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would do a mighty work, bring them peace, help them to see who they need to see, help them to get the help they need to get, but Lord, I thank you that you are always helping us, and may they just feel that all over them. Um, as, as they're at the hospital, it can be so hard. And I thank you that you are with each one of us in all the hard things in our lives. Thank you that we can be here today, Lord, to uh, just gather together as a group of believers, part of your church in this world. May we honor you today. May we learn more about you, Lord. We really do want to know you. And I pray that it would all be a sweet, sweet uh, aroma to you as we lift our hearts and our minds and our voices. I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. i 
And the grave is over. 
There's a ghost There's a ghost inside of me Not like those drapes in old bed sheets Saying trick or treat Different Oh, this ghost is different Not one that leaves me scared to death Puts my fears to rest Oh, holiness keep haunting me
is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell it goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell the guilty
We are still doing this thing, this walking with God in the world, uh, looking at different aspects, looking at how God does work with us, how he is uh, engaging us, how he has instructed us so that we can live this life that he's made possible for us. So we are looking today at Walk by the Spirit. We looked at some of that uh, last week, but we'll... We need to run through this a little bit more. Jesus thought this was important as he was leaving the earth, as you know, and said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. He's going to continue to guide, to teach. He will be with you. He's going to empower you. There's some things we'll, we'll talk about. But that, that's, 
that's coming. He, he thought that was something worth mentioning. So in our Christian walk, in, our, in the process of, lear- of learning about him, we've encountered different thoughts, different ideas. Uh, we had the, um, one of the songs by Mercy Me about ghosts. And so the Holy Ghost, is he the one like the bedsheet? Is he the scary kind? Is he something else? Is he just who is this? And is it just an influence or a force? Is it just God uh, doing his God thing through? And, th- and, and we're just referring to this power as if that were a person. And Jesus has done something similar, but they're really just just how this works out. Or is there really a person that is involved in this and involved in us? And he is unseen. His effects are not unseen. He is unseen and his power shows up. And his power is not unfelt. It is uh, a remarkable thing to be able to encounter the Holy Spirit. But in so many ways... We, we have uh, approached this through the centuries as Christians from a variety of angles, including the, that's uh, just a force, or maybe it's just a concept, or uh, the main thing is he gives me uh, abilities, really uh, crazy abilities. And if I have those, uh, then that's the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something to this. So we're going to talk about walking by the Spirit, but I want to take you back to the beginning when we are, in Scripture, introduced to the Holy Spirit. And then we will take a look at how this works. We'll start with this statement from Galatians 5.16, New Way to Walk. This is... The Apostle Paul addressing the people of Galatia, uh, the believers, and he, and he says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So there's a, something in, in Paul's experience, his mind, his knowledge, what he's learned about God the Holy Spirit, and, and that if we walk by the Spirit, something's going to happen. Something happens in us. Something so dramatic happens in us that the way we think, the way we feel, the wants, desires of our heart are so changed. I want you to get this. So changed that we are no longer driven by the flesh. No longer demanding our own way all the stinking time. The Holy Spirit shows up and does something so dramatic that we become who we were designed to become in purity and power, in peace. The Holy Spirit shows up and does a remarkable thing if we walk by the Spirit. If we just go, I heard about it. Isn't that equal to? Isn't that the same thing? No. Walking by the Spirit, according to Paul the Apostle, sent to us by Jesus himself, 
says walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You will not. You won't, it doesn't say sometimes, some, it's, it's, you know, you got a 50-50. You will not. So something's going on here with the Spirit. Something we need to know. We need to know Him. So, let's find out what that is. In Genesis, at the very beginning, first chapter, first two verses, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You know that one. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So when did you find out about Jesus reading the Scriptures? Third page, fourth chapter, second book of the Bible? Chapters and chapters and chapters. And after you get through 39 books, you come to the 40th, and there you go. He's introduced. When is the Holy Spirit introduced? Verse 2. In the first chapter. In the first book. He has something to do with what we, are, what we look at. When we look at the earth and the shape of the earth, and he does this, this is before the flood, but he comes, you know, he's not gone. So he's still involved in shaping and moving and doing things. So... We have this incredibly creative, powerful uh, God, God the Holy Spirit, who's involved in the shaping and tuning the earth so that it works just right. And remember, right after he does all of this, we've got paradise. God creates and he adds light and animals and things are happening. And wow, the Holy Spirit's involved in this. The Holy Spirit's there in the midst of this. So he's got something that he can add. He's a person who can add something to our lives. He already has. We just may ignore him, but he already has. So next chapter, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. So that's the created thing that is there that he takes and works on. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Ruach is the word. He has the spirit now. He didn't have before. Ruach is the same word for spirit in verse 2, chapter 1. He has now breathed the spirit of God into Adam and Adam is now a living being who is in fellowship with God, connects with God, can communicate with God, understands God. He makes Eve. Eve is made of the same stuff. She has the spirit of God. They're able to communicate, to understand. With all of that going, they still listen to the enemy and go a different direction as a result of that the spirit of god is now pulled away they're still living beings but they don't have that spiritual side anymore because now they're separated from god he wants them back he spends that's what we get in the scriptures is story after story of how he's trying to reclaim his people and he want, he wants to build his family so he's working on doing that he's trying to bring back people but in the beginning, that's how life began. And the Spirit 
the Holy Spirit is alive in those people at the very beginning. Then the separation comes because somebody listens to the voice of the enemy and goes a different direction. That becomes a problem. We cover a lot of a lot of time, a lot of history, a lot of what happens to the people of Israel, and we arrive at the time of Jesus. He lives his life, he teaches his disciples, he's making a difference in the um, the people of Israel and reaching out to the Gentiles as well. Then he dies on the cross buried and resurrected, and when he comes back, he meets with his guys again. Then, in that meeting, here on Receive, John 20, chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Huh. Now, what did God do when he took those elements that he made Adam out of, that just laid there like a lump. And then he breathed the Spirit into him. And now we're getting that again. Jesus, who is also creator, we have that in John 1. He is the Word, and in the beginning he created as well. So we've got him breathing the Holy Spirit on his, on his followers. It's life. He's saying, this is it. This is is going to be the beginning of something really different, new. You can have this life. It's not just information. It's not you just followed me. Oh, you saw me die. You believe in the resurrection. All of those things, powerful, yes, was at the end of it. Because I don't know about you, but in a lot of times when I'm hearing in in Bible studies or been taught along the way, it stops right about there. And you can have the Holy Spirit just, you know, feel good about it, feel good about yourself, but it's really about the knowledge base. He breathed life into them. That's experiential. That's bringing something to the table. It's bringing something to our hearts. It's bringing something to our minds. It changes us. And he's bringing that. So, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's see this. Out of Acts 2.4, Jesus has just said in chapter 1 of Acts, he's resurrected, he's preparing to leave the planet, go to the Father. So the ascension is, right, is coming really soon. He says to these followers of his, you stay here in Jerusalem and you wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And then I've got some things for you to do. But not until... The power of the Holy Spirit is real in you. You wait here. Just wait here. Just wait here for the power. Is it experiential? Is it just knowledge? Is it just, oh, I'm going to learn something about God? Isn't he cute? What can I, what can I add to my bookshelf? What, what can I get? For, maybe we'll have a great meeting. I'll take some notes uh, in the upper room. Or is there something really happening here? Well, it really happened. That's chapter 2 of the book of Acts. But we're going to look at this. Uh, 
from this angle, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So, what happened there? Well, the, the uh, tendency is to go, they spoke in other tongues, I want to speak in other tongues, wouldn't that be fun? Or, or if you're not of that ilk, you'll be going, I don't want to speak in tongues and I don't want to be around people who do. So, yeah, so there's both ends of that. Quit it. Let's get one thing clear. It's about a unique ability that God has given someone for an occasion. Do they speak in tongues? Yeah. Is that still possible? Yeah. What else? If you can number the stars, then you're getting close to the number I'm talking about right here. What else can he give us in any given moment? By the power of the Holy Spirit, who was here shaping this planet after creation, who, breathed, who was breathed into a human being to bring real life. That one. What are the possibilities he can bring to a human being's life at any given time in history? Only two or three things, right? And one of them is, well, if you have the Holy Spirit, you've got to speak in tongues. No, it's a unique ability God has given to a human being at a particular time to accomplish a particular thing because he is God. Who decides? 1 Corinthians 12, 11, the Holy Spirit decides. Who gets these things? Do they all look exactly the same so they're just cookie cutter? God does not have a set of cookie cutters. He is unique and he is doing things that are amazing and he wants to do that in every person. That's why you don't have the same personality, the same history, the same story as everybody else. If he wanted a cookie cutter, pretty easy for him. He understood that whole assembly line thing way before Ford. He knows how to do this. He didn't do it. He breathed life into a clay statue at the beginning and he's given life ever since and he says I've got something for you this is where I want you to go be filled wait for the power wait for that day don't go rushing out trying to figure this out on your own and there are always people who do that filled with the Holy Spirit then they began to do something unique a unique ability as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability and it may be this one Maybe another one. It will be something. It will not be nothing. It will not be nothing. Because this is the Holy Spirit who gives life. So let's look at filled. What could that look like? Back in Second Chronicles 5.13. This is back when the, the temple's being put together and, and um, we're going to present it. The trumpeters and singers perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. Huh. A thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. He shows up, fills the temple. The following verses let us know the priests could not continue to do their work because they can't see anything. Because the Lord, the glory of the Lord has now filled 
the temple. You get the idea of filled? Filled the temple. They couldn't do anything. And you get a, there's this unique ability that comes along with this. Being filled with the Spirit produced unique ability. So we'll pick this up with uh, Acts 4.8. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, where does he get this information? You read through the gospel. You followed his, his life as a fisherman, and he follows Jesus. And you know he's a very thoughtful scholar, slow to react, patient, thinking things through before he says anything. That guy, not at all. So what happened to him? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he understands. He understands Scripture. He understands the situation. He understands his place in history. He understands what God has for him to do. And the Holy Spirit saying, I, here's what I want you to tell them. And, uh, and these are the Jewish leaders, the ones Jesus had to deal with. And Jesus is dealing with them. He's the God-man, but he's also operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit comes and he knows what these people are thinking and he knows what they're doing and he knows how to answer because he spends time with God and filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's, here's Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. So let's just put that in human terms. Have you ever been angry and then said something to someone. You understand filled? You ever been just so hurt? You're just filled? And then out comes these feelings and your words and actions and demeanor. Yeah. What if? What if you were filled with the Holy Spirit instead of all that? What if that were the controlling factor? empowering you to think clearly, to see where God is going with things, to be able to love God, to love people, to say the right thing at the right time. What about that? That's filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what Peter had just experienced. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's after Acts 1.8. I mean, Jesus says, wait till the power shows up. Then Acts 2.4, the Spirit shows up and fills them, and then they have unique abilities. Well, here's another unique ability. It just comes out. He's able to explain things, and he's able to tie Scripture together. You don't see Peter doing any of that earlier, and he puts his foot in his mouth a lot, but you don't see him do this until after he's filled with the Holy Spirit. We find... In Acts 6, 3, there's there's multitude of these. If you want to just read through Acts, they're just one after another. But uh, just f- because of time, we'll jump to another one. This is from Acts chapter 6, verse 3. And this is the the situation where they have some uh, some widows who have traveled from Greek areas, Greek-speaking uh, areas, none. Uh, they're, they're not in in Israel or Galilee or anywhere close. So they've come, traveled into Jerusalem to celebrate and stayed after they became Christians. And now they're there and probably ran out of their traveling money, probably used all the money they were going to use to get, you know, take a bus home. They don't have it anymore. And now they have to figure out that believers who are gathered in Jerusalem have to figure out how we're going to take care of them, feed them. 
And they keep going to the apostles, and they said, well, hold it. We've got this huge, massive thing God's given us to do. What if we get some help and have some guys take care of that? So as we would do, you go, well, let's go see. We can find a janitor. Somebody can stack chairs. Somebody, you know, just, just go find just a warm body. That's what we need. And just go take some food out there. So let's see. So brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. And we will give them this responsibility. What? What difference does it make? Just feed the widows. Figure out how to find some food. They'll be happy. No, that's not how we do it in the new kingdom. Filled with the Holy Spirit. You find seven guys. Well respected, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Who are going to take on this job. Well, as long as they can move some food and stack some chairs, that's good enough for me. Not for the Lord God Almighty. I want people who are full of the Holy Spirit to work this job. That's where deacons began, by the way, and that becomes a part of the church. And so to become a deacon, to serve as an elder, to be in a position in a church is to meet these kind of qualifications. And when we fail to do that, we fail. This is where the church began. We have done 2,000 years of disservice by moving away from this, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom, led by him who said, don't just jump out there. Wait till the power, the Holy Spirit, is yours so that you have unique abilities provided by God himself who breathes life into you. Then when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, Then you can stack chairs. Then you're okay to help out, take out the garbage, or make some meals, like, you know, Thanksgiving potluck. Whatever. Jump in there. It's something. It's a unique ability. It it, it comes from God himself. There's a a promise in Ephesians. Paul is writing this. He's, He's taking off in all kinds of lofty language, and really long sentences to present this, this, these truths. And there's more than one. So he's got all kinds of things going on. And he is, whoever the, the he has a secretary writing these things down because he can't see that well. And he's just, he's just dictating. And I, I'm just imagining the guy with a quill. Going now, now what, what? Now what? Now what? Slow, what, back that up. And he's got to write this all down. And these sentences are like, they're just. I mean, fortunately, in our Bibles, they put commas and periods and things in there. But if you wanted to diagram the original, oh my gosh, you got to have a big sheet of paper because he goes nuts. And this is it. Because he's so caught up in the glory of God and what God's doing and what he wants to do in our lives. And he just can't stop. There may have been a whole bunch of papyri that was just, all right, start all over again. Okay. 
Ephesians 1. Holy Spirit promise. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. And these people understood that. Okay, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the guarantee. Something has happened in their lives that they can identify, oh, yeah, that happened. Something so changed the quality of their lives that they could identify something happened to me. And he's tapping into that, saying you've got the Holy Spirit, that's your guarantee. We are so blessed. He he has identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've been around uh, typical Protestant teaching on this in, in the last thousand years, it's more, yeah, he's given it to you, but you really won't notice anything. Just, you know, just accept it by faith, which means it's written there, so you just go with it. But you won't sense anything. You won't feel anything. You won't be any different. You'll just be you. And I'm telling you, that's not what this is saying. You don't read it that way either, do you? Because it's not saying that. You're saying you're getting something from God who guarantees that you have life with him because it makes a difference in your life. It makes a difference in the way you respond to things, the way you think, the way you function, who you are. It's different because the Holy Spirit has just entered into your life. When you believed in Christ, that's what happened. Now, you can have it taught out of you. You can be told all kinds of things. This is written to believers, these, these, these passages. So there's a possibility that the Holy Spirit shows up, but right away... The enemy comes along and wants to snatch that. But we're also taught this, let's just lower the bar, and the Holy Spirit really doesn't, you know, yeah, he says this, but he really does. Yes, he does. Just rejoice that he, you've got, but you won't, you know, just. How about we leave the bar where it is? What Do what he says, experience what he says. By his power, Jesus said, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And it is so amazing that Paul is tracking it right here and saying, you know, you guys, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you know how that goes. Is it because they spoke in tongues? He didn't say that. They may have, may not have. Paul didn't. He received the Holy Spirit and he did not speak in tongues. Is that crazy? You got this whole thing of all these people coming to Jesus, can people come in, coming to know uh, him and, and as, as it moves from Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth, each one of those areas is met with a group of people receiving the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. In between, you have other people accepting Christ who don't. Paul doesn't. Holy, Ananias comes and prays for him and 
his eyes are cleared and he believes in Jesus and there's no nothing. The uh, Philip goes down, meets the Ethiopian on his way back to Africa. He comes to Jesus, he baptizes him, and there is no speaking in tongues. So we need not mix all of those. There's a reason for each one of those, but God is enabling through the Holy Spirit something unique in people. That's what we need to understand. That's what he's promised us, and it changes everything. He will give us the inheritance he promised. And you go, how can I rely on a, a guarantee when I read this? There's a guarantee, and I know it because experientially I've experienced, that's what he's telling them, because you've experienced the Holy Spirit, you know that God's, what he's telling you is true, that you have inherited this promised life. What if they never felt changed? Nothing like we've been taught, or I, I've been heard this a lot. I go, wow, I got nothing. And that's what I base my the promise on. No, he does something. That's why they knew that God was telling the truth. They didn't have a copy of the New Testament. Did you know that? They don't have one of those because they didn't exist then. Well, because we have one, we don't need that anymore. Oh, bull. He's collected all the truth and he's provided it for us so that we can know that he does this. Not so we can know that we don't need it anymore. Wait for the power. The Holy Spirit is real. He's going to do something in our lives. And being filled means being filled. Doesn't mean he just shows up in a little shot here and there. He means being filled. Just like it was in the temple when he showed up. And just like Peter, who's being able to say something sensible, you just go, this is amazing what is happening. And these people know they have eternal life because the Holy Spirit came. Holy Spirit life, Titus 3, verses 5 and 6. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Okay, so he's dealt with uh, sins given us a new birth and a new life, which is, you know, from, you go all the way back to Genesis 2-4, and, and God breathes life in. Here's the Holy Spirit coming in. Ruach is coming in. And here's life. Here's new life. Jesus received the Spirit, he, and he blows Ruach, Numa, on, onto the disciples. There's something amazing happening here. Why write this down if nothing changes? Why talk to us about the Holy Spirit when it's just a concept of the mind? When it's just the outworking of uh, the theology of the first church, which they hadn't worked out yet. They didn't do that until the second, third century. Didn't do a whole lot of that kind of stuff. Something's happening in their lives. That's why they write this down. And he can write this letter, Paul to Titus, because this is... What happens in people's lives when the Holy Spirit shows up? And they know it. They know they have new birth. They know they have a new life. They have been washed of their sins. They know that they're gone. It's through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit, 
not just a little drop or two. So, you know, I think I'm saved. I don't know if I am. Today I am. Yesterday I wasn't. I generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. What's it look like? Romans 8, in chapters 6 and 7 of Romans, Paul is explaining what it's like to walk in the world and just struggle with the realities of life and sin and all kinds of stuff. And he gets Romans 8, and he says, but there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he starts, and the whole chapter is just so cool. But here it is, some things that happen. So you can read Romans 8 later. But for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. What if you're not led by the Spirit? Well, I think you can figure that one out. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. How do you know? When am I led by the Spirit? When am I in the Spirit? When am I out of the Spirit? How do I know that I've got this? How do I know that Romans 8 applies to me? How do I know that there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus? What is going to help me understand that? Well, the Spirit of God will. And He will lead you. Where? He will lead you to the things that He has for you. Well, I'm not going to stop long enough for Him to tell me. I'm not going to... That would mean I'd have to learn how to listen to what the God of heaven is telling me and then actually go that direction to be led by the Spirit. My Spirit says, I like chocolate cake. I'm going to eat lots of chocolate cake. My Spirit says, I just want to go driving down. I just like rides, so I want to go to Six Flags and then Disneyland and then... My spirit says, and you come up with all whatever it is that drives us from place to place, and where in the midst of all of that is the Spirit of God saying, I had something for you to do, but you're too busy going that way to go that way. How do we know? How do we do this? Being filled with the Spirit, acting in the power of the Spirit, doing the things that God would have us to do who are led by the Spirit of God, are children of God. Romans 8, we find in Romans 8, affirmation of being God's child, heirs of God's glory. Holy Spirit's going to help us understand that, to know that, to know that we are children of God. He creates in us an eager hope of future glory. An eager hope of future glory. Run into anybody who's like, man, I, yeah, I don't know, I'm going to have to fight this cancer over and over and over and over again because to die is the worst possible outcome or for anyone I know. So death is off the table. Well, yeah, that'd be awesome. You know how we get there is by following the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes back and gets rid of death. That's how we get there. In the meantime, it's a reality. So how do we deal with that? Well, if you're walking in the Spirit, you have an eager hope of future glory. You have an eager hope of future glory for others. You have an eager hope that those who don't know Christ can come to know him so they have a future. Because that moves within us. Because the power of God is in us if we're filled with the Spirit. He helps in in our weakness. Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. So when we're struggling, we need strength, with physical strength, maybe finances, maybe better thinking, clarity, maybe... motive, just energy to walk with God. Helps us in our weakness to do the right thing, to make the right choices. He will help us with that. 
God, uh, yeah, God the Holy Spirit prays in harmony with God's will. So the Holy Spirit knows what God's trying to do. He knows the direction he's headed. He knows what the plan is. And he will help us pray in accordance with God's will. He will point out things. So that this one is taken sometimes as, well, then I don't need to pray, or I don't need to think about it, or I don't, or he will come. Well, if, if you're of a, a certain branch of, of Protestant Christianity, you go, well, he's, he will give me uh, utterances. So now, I, again, we're back to the tongue speaking. And you say spirit, then there's tongues. Stop it. Not that way. Spirit is guiding the prayer. How does he do that? He gives us insight into situation. Now, he may use tongues. I'm not saying he doesn't do that. But that's not the main thing. The main thing is the Holy Spirit is, knows God's will. He's going to work in us. We can, by leaning on him, pray according to God's purposes. He hears us. God the Spirit is taking these prayers and taking them to the throne. Does that mean oh, I don't have to pray because he already knows and I'm done? No, because he has instructed us. He has put the authority in us to speak into and pray for this world and make a difference. We are his partners in accomplishing his purposes here. And the Holy Spirit comes to help us do that and do it in accordance with what God's doing, not every time, ah, oh, Grandma stubbed her toe, so I need to you know, put it on the prayer list. You know. There may be something bigger going on, even in Grandma, that we need to pray, pray about that has nothing to do with that, and God the Spirit knows it, and He can tell us, and He can guide us. But if we don't listen, if we're not filled, if we're too busy doing something else, probably not. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. But Romans 8 just gives you a list of things. So unique abilities by the Holy Spirit. Here's some things, unique abilities that are available to us. Character of Christ. He will provide, he will work that. He doesn't magically just wave a hand and we have it. He will work in us so that we are in agreement with God, with understanding, and we go his way. We go do what he's called us to do. We listen to him. Our hearts are open and our minds are in tune and our ears are listening and we go his way. And we want to go in that direction, become more and more like Christ in character. Spiritual insight, wisdom, and application. He wants to provide that. He wants us to know. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 3. And he wants us to have that insight. Those who are non-spiritual, unspiritual believers. This First Corinthians is written to believers. There's a group, there's two groups. One is a group that's listening to the Spirit. The other one is not. They're both Christians. The spiritual group is getting input from the Spirit of God. They have insight, they have wisdom, and they can apply it appropriately. And the other group this is making up stuff on their own. Oh, they believe in Jesus, so they're not going necessarily to the temple of Apollo anymore. But they, eh, just still doing their own thing. And they are creating problems, which is what a whole lot of the book of First Corinthians is about. And he's trying to say, move them in the direction of listening to God and going God's way, which is what... He explains to them the spiritual get it, the non-spiritual do not. 
manifestations of God's grace and power, another unique ability. So he may, like the, the tongue speaking, it may be, and there's, there's tongue speaking that can be in different languages for, the, uh, for missionary purposes, or it can be uh, prayer language to, to just unburden a person. That's kind of a, a different version of that. And there's a uh, prophecy, the prophetic things. God gives insight into other people's lives and, and what's happened to them and insights to pray for another person or give them guidance. Teaching, teaching God's truth, teaching the scriptures, taking people way beyond what they have experienced in this world. And if everything uh, a teacher, a Christian teacher is teaching is just connected to this world, they've missed it. Colossians says we are to keep our minds on heaven, on those things above, not the things on earth, not just this stuff. So if you go to where those are the answers in every Christian Bible study or book that you read, uh, sorry, they missed it. He is giving wisdom. It comes from the Holy Spirit, and people who are led by the Holy Spirit can guide you and take you in that direction. Manifestations of God's grace and power may be that he opens up a Red Sea, or he provides food in in crazy ways, or he heals people. He does that, not always, but he does it. He shows up to straighten out our thinking. We may be struggling with things, and he comes along to help us with that, straighten out relationships, straighten out the the uh, issues even between countries. I mean, he's ready to do all kinds of things, but he wants to do things in us and through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. I do want to go back to Galatians to revisit what he says. So this is the fruit of the Spirit. You are familiar with this, but this is um, the Holy Spirit produces Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's not like a winner. So if the Holy Spirit is in us, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what comes out? This is the fruit. This is the fruit. How do we know when we don't have the Holy Spirit? He covers that right before he gets to this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Now what? So that's fruit too. The results, and they're very clear. Sexual immorality. Okay? Not doing what God said about sex. Man, we got a world full of that. Impurity. Lustful pleasures. And and these are... Uh, they can be sexual. Usually Americans read that. They're going, sexual? No. If you like food a lot... If you like money a lot, if you like having power, position a lot, lustful, all of those. Idolatry, replacing God with something, which can be ourselves. You know, just, man, I am so important. My feelings are so important. My way is so important. The way I want things to work out is so important. Idolatry, sorcery. The word pharmakeia is the actual word used there, which pharmacy, it's witchcraft in some translations. Sorcery is the, the, the background is we got a whole demonic thing happening that uses some 
some uh, ways, mind-bending ways of doing things, and it happens in, in a, people's lives all over the place. So people wind up in the middle of that, and we got a problem. So he's writing this again to believers. So why is he saying stuff like this to believers? Because they're toying with this. Because they're not filled with the Spirit. Because they decided, you know what? I like going down to the local temple or the local hangout. Or I've always done this with so-and-so. Or I just want to do what I want to do. I just want to party. I just want to... Idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Anybody just ticked off? Quarreling? Man, it doesn't take long. Mad at somebody in the family, mad at somebody down at the Walmart, mad at somebody at school, at work, wherever it might be. Quarreling. Jealousy. Man, look at that guy. He's got it made. I don't have it made. How come... How come they get a vacation? I don't get a vacation. They get that house. I don't get that house. I got that car. I don't have that car. I don't... Huh. Not filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's go that. Not filled with the Holy Spirit. Outbursts of anger. Anybody had that one? Run into anybody who's got that one? Well, I was justified. Mm, That's a TV show, but no, don't go there. Outbursts of anger. Hmm. That is a result of your sinful nature. Selfish ambition. Does that say all ambitions, bad deal? No. Driven, uh, holy discontent, things need to be better. We need better justice. We need, you know, there's things that we can do, and we get to vote in this country. We get to play a part. But it may be just something in our own homes and the way we deal with people. Selfish ambition could get in the way, but just ambition. You know, having a heart to do something good is not the same. Dissension, man, stirring it up. Division, the next one. Envy, oh, man, just turning green. Drunkenness, again, back to the uh, mind-bending, heart-numbing, and then wild parties and other sins like these. He doesn't cover everything. He's just giving us a touch. To give us a clue as this is not how this works. This is not living in the kingdom of God. This is not being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you experience that, and you have, so what do you do with it? Those are the lights on your dashboard that are flashing red, and you can hear the grinding in the engine telling you this car is about to go south on you any moment. Should you stop and air up the tires? Should you make sure the oil's okay? Should you... It's overheated. Do you, do you turn off the engine and regroup? Or you're out of gas. Maybe fill that up. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Stop and listen to God. Confess our sins. Quit allowing the evil within us and the evil around us to control the things that we do and say. And the way that we view the world and our opinion is the most important in all of this, and God Almighty's going to wait. You didn't even wait to hear from me. You didn't ask me. You didn't check in. And you're certainly not filled with the Holy Spirit because outbursts of anger means in a moment, I can flash. In a moment, I can just lose it. In a moment. So where's that fruit of the Spirit patience? 
self-control. Where is that? And living by this list, you can talk to a psychologist or a doctor, and they'll say, well, you know, your colon problems, your heart problems, your you may find something here that is related. You go, hmm, yep. Want a better life? The abundant life is being filled with the Spirit. That's what he did in the very beginning with the first people. That's what he still does today with his people. It's available to us. We can walk by the Spirit. We can be filled with the Spirit. Or we can ignore him and do things our way. And we just push him aside. How do we get there? How do we get to the place so when that moment happens, when I typically respond in anger, I don't have to. It's by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, think about it, Peter. Holy Spirit shows up, fills him, and he says something sensible. It's a remarkable change. And instead of running like he does in the beginning, when it comes time for him to be martyred, he runs toward it, not away from it. He has to be crucified upside down because he doesn't feel he's good enough to be crucified like his Lord. What happened to that guy? And Jesus is saying, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Let that power be in you, fill you, guide you, change you, so that now love, joy, peace, patience is just coming out of your pores, out of your mouth. Not the same. Walking by the Spirit means we get into the Scriptures. We find out, okay, that's how he's thinking. That's what God is doing. We're going to agree with him in prayer, not just make up and demand that he do things our way. He's not a genie. He's not on our payroll. He is not working for us. He is God, the Most High. And he's given us the Holy Spirit, which he says, and the Scriptures say, is a guarantee. It's a blessing. He has provided for us so that we know that we have life that we have life that we that we have life now and life forever all of that available in him new way to walk galatians 5:16 but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh Galatians 5.16 Walk by the Spirit, you will not, not gratify the desires of the flesh. So have you experienced the wonderful Spirit-filled life? If your dashboard is flashing red, it's time to just pull over and stop. Turn that engine off. Come to the Lord. Come to Him his way and let him fill you own the issues the sin the transgressions the anger the whatever in the heck is hanging on own it take it to him confess it and allow him to fill you as you walk with him walking with him is simply knowing what he wants you to do and doing it you walk in obedience he just fills you 
You can ask him to fill you. He'll do that too. Luke 11 tells us you can ask for the Holy Spirit. He'll come. You can ask him. You just do what he told you. He's already promised he will be there. In your heart, in your mind, he will provide guidance. He will give you insight. He will help you with unique abilities. You can't even imagine. Unique abilities. You can't imagine. And this isn't even in heaven. That's just right here, right now, in this life, available to you. Because he wants you effective as part of his family. Loved, beloved, so important to him, he's willing to die for you and make the Holy Spirit available to give you an abundant life. All of that. So close your eyes, if you will. Let's pray. And Lord, um, we do want to take this moment to come close to you. And I'm going to ask anyone here who needs to get some stuff straight with the Lord. This is a time. Talk to him. You don't have to do it out loud, but talk to him. Release any ugly thing in your life. Turn to him. Let him bring the beauty, the abundant life. Allow him to bring in the Holy Spirit to do the healing in mind, body, and soul. Turn to him. Right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit whom you sent for the power available in him, for the promise of life that we have in you because you've sent him as guarantee. Lord, thank you that he does not leave us as he found us. He doesn't leave us in the flesh. He comes and transforms from the inside out. And Lord, we ask that you would do that work in us right here, right now, in this place. There is no one else. There is no other most high. And you are on our team. And you have loved us before this world was made. There's no one else we can go to. Thank you for being with us now. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that is available to change us in ways and we can't wrap our minds around to dig out the stuff that needs to be dug out and to direct us in ways that will just be so surprising. And we thank you now in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Amen.